Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. A powerful passage in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, it says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. I'm going to be preaching the overarching theme of these sermons will be the economics of grace. I'm going to be preaching about the economics or the economics of grace. This part one, I am subtitling the riches of the person of Christ. The riches of the person of Christ. The dictionary defines economics as the science of the production and the consumption and distribution of wealth. As a business major in college, I was required to take economics. By no stretch of the imagination was economics in any of its form, macro or micro, my favorite subject. I found economics to be complex and cumbersome. And for anyone who's studying it now, I imagine it still is. I have to admit to you, I passed the two required courses, but nothing to brag about. My experience was not much different from the parents who visited their son's Ivy League college, and they saw his math professor, the one they knew who had taught him math, they saw him walking across the campus, and with glee and gratitude, they approached him and said quite proudly, our son took math from you. And the rather erudite professor looked over the rims of his glasses and said, sir, and madam, he was exposed to it, but he didn't take it. I was exposed to economics, but I didn't take it. But needless to say, I have no intentions today of burdening you or bothering you or boring you with some feeble, flawed attempt uh, at an excursus on classical economics. But I have been taunted and teased and tickled and tantalized for some days now by the principles that are in this passage. For packed in this passage is the powerful revelation of the production and distribution and consumption of wealth. But, but it is not 
focusing on some secular or regional market or even a global economy, but the transaction, the transaction takes place in the spiritual realm. The passage clearly teaches us that God has blessed us with incredible resources and possibilities. I love the message paraphrase of this verse. I want you to hear it in this paraphrase. Listen to what it says. It says, you are familiar with the generosity of our master, Jesus Christ. Rich as he was, he gave it all away. In one stroke, he became poor. So we could become rich. The verse ends with, and we became rich. You know, upon a closer analysis, I have read 2 Corinthians repeatedly in preparation for this message because every text has a context. And if you don't understand that, you will be preaching or teaching with a pretext but I've read repeatedly, and one of the words, and I, I didn't know this, I wasn't aware of this uh, particularly before, but there's a word in 2 Corinthians, and I challenge you to read the epistle, but the word is abundant, and it occurs some 13 times in this epistle. This word and its associated words is used to communicate the idea of excellence, something that is beyond measure or something that is extraordinary. And so as we look at the passage concerning the Corinthians' knowledge of God's grace and his mercy, because the passage begins with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what I've seen here are three components of what I call grace economics. And I want to deal with the first of these today, the riches of his person. In the heart of this text, there is a bold, matter-of-fact, unapologetic statement concerning the riches of Christ. Look at it in the Bible. It says, though he was rich. I'm not making it up. It's right there. In the text, who among us in these troubled and trying, difficult and dire economic times, who among us would not like to say, I have a rich relative in the family? <laughs> Come on, somebody. And this text says he was rich. And the question emerges in one way. In what way is he rich? And that's what I want to deal with for just a little while today is I want us to reflect upon and I want us to, uh, to look at the foundation of this statement. He was rich. He still is. If, if you need something, he's got it. We miss things in translation because was in translation loses the continuity of the tense in the original. He keeps on. It wasn't just he was rich at one point in time. He didn't lose his wealth. No depression, no recession, no corporate graft could take his wealth away. He was rich. And so in what way is he rich? First of all, he is rich in his position. Jesus is rich in his position. 
His name alone is evocative of riches. There's no one else like him. John 3.16 said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, it sounds like this in the original, monogenes, the only one of its kind. There is no one like him. He has no rivals. He has no competitors. He has no parallels. He is the first He's the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And he is everything in between. Aristotle would have sophisticated. I'm talking about he's rich in his position. Aristotle with a sophisticated intellect spied down the far reaches of infinity and he said he's an unmoved mover. Isaiah Grip with the pathos for his people said he's wonderful. He's counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. I'm talking about he's rich. Daniel looked down the aeons of time. He said he's the ancient of days and he's a stone cut out of the mountain. He's rich. C.S. Lewis describes him as a good infection. James Cleveland said, he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Thomas Darcy, in the throes and grips of personal anguish and sorrow, said he's precious Lord. Our ancestors, they looked back and they said, he's a rock in a weary land and he's a shelter in a time of storm the disciples on a stormy sea watched him get up and speak to the winds of the waves and they hushed and they asked the question what manner of man is this he's a man's man and if I had that sister from Samaria here today she'd say he's a woman's man Because he shows up right on time. Do I have somebody here today? So the person of Jesus is interwined and interrelated with his position. He is co-eternal and co-equal with God. We have a lot of you who are involved in corporate America. And you know, you know success and mobility does not necessarily depend on what you know. It depends on who? I know somebody this morning. I thought about Peter and, and John on their way to the temple. They were poor men. They didn't have a whole lot. The beggar thought they had something, but they looked at him. And they said, silver and gold, we don't have. But such as we have in the name of Jesus. They were just telling him so many words. We got the hook up. We know heaven's VIP. We know heaven's very important person. We've got the hookup. Silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And you know what happened. He got up. And so Jesus is rich in his position, in his name. In his name. 
demons cower and tremble. In his name, sick folk can get well. In his name, mountains can be moved into the sea. In his name, enemies can become footstools. In his name, sinners, they are made whole. In his name, prayers are answered. In his name, one day dead folk will get up out of the grave. In his name, marriages that are mangled can be mended. In his name, children in lost countries can be found. In his name, in his name. I'm glad I know somebody. I have a rich relative in my family. His name is Jesus. And when I'm down and out, don't have a dime, a spiritual dime. When I'm down and out, I can call on him. I'm talking about the economics of grace. He is rich in his position. In the second instance, Jesus is rich in power. The prophet Jeremiah, and you write this in your Bible, in your notes, in your margin. Jeremiah 32 and 17, he says, Oh Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out thy arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. Somebody need to hear that today. You found yourself up against the wall, running against a hard place. But there's nothing too hard for God. He is the agent of creation. Jesus was there when God stepped out in the midst of a primeval chaos and said, let there be. And everything that is came into existence. We owe everything to God. He's so powerful today that if it does not exist, he can make it. And if it dies on you, he can resurrect it. You know, I thought about it. My mind went back to something that happened many years ago when I was working for Toyota. And we did our evaluations of candidates for positions at the plant on the second floor of an office building there in Georgetown. And I remember one morning, we get there early in the morning, around 6.30, a woman came up on the elevator with panic on her face. She was not a candidate to be evaluated that day, but she had panic written all over her face. And she said to us, she said, now I was in the ATM lane, because there was a bank right under us in an ATM lane. She said, and my car got stalled. And you know, the preacher in me always is thinking, I'm thinking about this woman in an ATM lane with all the money in that machine and her car had stalled. And she said to us, she said, anybody here got some jumper cables? So many of us, we're in the ATM lane. God's, God has a money line. He has a spiritual resource line. And we act like we've been stalled. And some of us need some jumper cables. But I'm here to tell you, he's got all power in his hands. There's no mountain too high. There's no valley too low. 
There's no river too wide that God's power can't fix it. Is he able? I'm telling you, I tried him and I found he's able. He's able to make a crooked place straight. He's able to make a high place low. When you can't sleep at night, he's able to rock you in his arm. He's rich in his power. But he's also rich not only in power and position, but he's rich in possessions. The text says, though he was rich, in 1984, a series aired on television called The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. It was in syndication from 1984 to 1995. The show featured the extravagant lifestyles of wealthy entertainers, athletes, and business mongols and entrepreneurs. Robin Leach was the host. And what I remember is he would often end an episode by saying champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Well, I'm here today. I'm here today to tell you that God has something better than champagne wishes and caviar dreams. He's rich in houses and land. A few days ago, I stopped by a grocery store. I was looking to order a fresh supply of jumbo shrimp. I had a real taste for some pre-cooked jumbo shrimp. And when I got to the fish market of the fish section in this store, they told me they were out of jumbo shrimp. My taste would not allow me to buy no frozen shrimp and thaw it out because I needed some shrimp right then and there. I didn't stop at that store. I went down a little further. And after a little bit of searching, I found uh, some jumbo shrimp. Uh, well, I don't want you to get caught up this morning on jumbo shrimp. Uh, but I got to tell you something. Sometimes in my life, I have some jumbo problems. Uh, I do have a witness. Uh, and I need somebody to help me with my jumbo problem. Somebody here know what it's like to have a jumbo problem. When you lie down in your bed, you can't go to sleep. But let me tell you something. I stopped by God's market. Yes, I did. And every time I had a jumbo need, I always found God had what I need. Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you need, uh, God's got it. Uh, I believe I'll stop right there. Uh, if you need more joy, God's got it. Uh, if you need more hope, uh, God's got it. Uh, if you need more strength, uh, God's got it. Uh, if you need more love, uh, God's got it. 
God's got it. If you need more patience, God's got it. If you need more faith, God's got it. Do I have a witness here? He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. And he'll give it to you. Is there anybody here that know what I'm talking about? You needed a blessing and you found out after a few stops on life's highway that what you needed, God's got it. He's rich. Yes, he is. I'm so glad I have a father that the cattle own a thousand hills are his. Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you need, God's got it. If you need a blessing, God's got it. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org. For more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.